Welcome to the Vince in the Bay podcast. This episode is going to sort of break format. Not that there's really uh, any set format, but I want to share my feelings on this whole speech that Donald Trump, excuse me, President Donald Trump made at CIA headquarters Saturday, the day after his inauguration. Basically, Trump shows up at the CIA headquarters and delivers a rambling speech to the CIA where he spent most of his time talking about this, uh, bragging about the size of the crowd at his inauguration. Also, of course, attacking the media for falsely reporting the size of it. And he, he talked about other stuff, too, but nobody's really paying attention to that. Everybody's focusing on the, the size of a crowd. Anyway, apparently Trump had this event uh, at CIA headquarters scheduled a long time ago, and it was intended for him to introduce the new CIA director. But his appointee, Mike Pompeo had not yet been confirmed by the Senate because the day before Democrats objected to confirming Pompeo because they wanted to have an extensive debate on his nomination. So instead of simply postponing the event at CIA headquarters to introduce Pompeo, what does Trump do? He decides, I'm just going to go ahead and do it anyway. And to make matters worse, he doesn't even go in there with a prepared statement. He basically just wings it. He improvises the whole thing, kind of like he did on the campaign trail. In fact, when you listen to the speech, it sounds like a Trump rally. Um, this was a terrible idea because when Trump isn't on script, he just talks about himself and whatever else pops up in his head. I don't think he even knows what he's going to say from minute to minute. It just comes out of his mouth. I don't know who wasn't able to talk him out of it. Apparently, Paul Ryan had a problem with it, but he went went through with it anyway. It was a complete disaster, and the press just shredded him over his obsession with the size of the crowd as, at his inauguration. CNN spends all day repeatedly debunking Trump's claims about the size of the crowd, comparing it to photos of Obama's 2009 inauguration, which is totally unfair because Obama's first inauguration was the most historic inauguration ever. He was the first black president. No one is going to top the inauguration of the first black president. That's like major hardcore history, all right? It's impossible. So people should just forget about trying to outdo Obama's inauguration. Hillary, if she won, she probably wouldn't have drawn a, uh, more than Obama. And she would have been the first woman president. Anyway, so the media totally focused on Trump's comments on the size of the inauguration. And they became just as obsessed about debunking it as Trump was about lying about it. And the media pretty much just focused on that and ignored the rest of the content of his speech. And there were some things he said that definitely deserved to be scrutinized just as much, if not more, than his delusional claims about the uh, 
crowd size at his inauguration. Okay, first of all, I think we just have to accept the fact that there are two realities. There's reality in the real world, which we're accustomed to, and it uh, occupies time and space. And then there's this virtual reality that exists only inside Donald Trump's head. Or maybe I should call it alternative reality or alt reality. Kellyanne Conway on Meet the Press was uh, defending Trump's remarks by saying there are alternative facts to support his claims. So now we have fake news and alternative facts. Now, I've been listening to people talk about this CIA speech and play sound bites, but of course, it's all very selective and pretty much are the same clips looped over and over. I watched the, the speech. I, I watched the entire thing. And there were a lot of things he said that no one's talking about. And so I'm going to use this podcast to break down the entire speech for you. By the way, you're welcome in advance. So let's set the scene here. It's Saturday, January 21st, 2017, the day after President Donald Trump's inauguration. It's his first full day as the president. Now, cut to CIA headquarters. Trump enters to a roaring standing ovation, and he takes the podium, which is, of course, strategically placed right in front of a memorial wall of stars that represent all the fallen CIA officers. And apparently there's only 117 CIA officers that have died in the line of duty. Seems like a small number considering the CIA has been around since right after World War II. But of course, those are officers. There probably are thousands, multiple tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of CIA operatives, CIA agents who perished but only 117 actual CIA officers died. Anyway, here we go. Let's, let's check it out. Rousing ovation. They love him. They love him. They can't get enough of him. Well... I want to thank everybody, very, very special people. And it is true. Uh, this is my first stop, officially. We're not talking about the balls, and we're not talking about even the speeches. Although, they did treat me nicely on that speech yesterday. <laughs> I always call them the dishonest media, but they treated me nicely. All right. You hear that? It's, he's, he already has command of the room. He's like a stand-up comic. Um, and that's how, that's how he was on the campaign trail. He's, this is, this is like the campaign just keeps going. It's just like Barack Obama. He never stopped campaigning. He just, he just kept campaigning. That's what these guys do. Remember, this is the CIA headquarters. This is the, the, these are our spies, right? Our intelligence people. These agencies, these intelligence agencies and law enforcement agencies are supposed to be nonpartisan. I mean, we just went through an election where everybody made a big deal about the FBI and the DOJ 
taking political action to influence the election. And now uh, apparently there was a lottery for CIA employees to attend this because, you know, limited space, I guess. So obviously a majority of the people that are going to sign up for that are people that are excited about Trump and probably voted for Trump or wanted to see him win. But, you know, he's the president. So whatever. All right. I can let that slide. You cheer the president. He's your president. He's your boss. Fine. There have been rumors since that there were the people clapping were low level CIA staffers who didn't know any better. And it was mixed with Trump staffers who were clapping. You know, the word is that the top brass in the CIA weren't clapping. They were just stone faced, calm, indifferent, which is what I would kind of expect. But whatever. He's already got the crowd in the palm of his hand. I always call them the dishonest media, but they treated me nicely. Before he jumps into anything, he has to fire off a shot at the media who were there covering the event, by the way. I mean, like, that, that, how do you think you know, we, got, we, we got, got to see this? But I, I want to say that there is nobody that feels stronger about the intelligence community and the CIA than Donald Trump. Really? Nobody feels as strongly about the CIA as Donald Trump. That's kind of a neutral term. You feel strongly in what sense? You strongly like them? You strongly dislike them? You, you, you're, you're strongly suspicious of them? I'm guessing that he means, I like you guys a lot. I like you more than anybody ever. Like, that's quantifiable. Um, the wall behind me is very, very special. Okay, the wall behind him is the memorial I was talking about. Very, very few people could do the job you people do. And I want to just let you know, I am so behind you. and I am so behind you. There's nobody more behind you than Donald Trump. I am so behind you that I'm practically in front of you. And I know maybe sometimes you haven't gotten the backing that you've wanted. And you're going to get so much backing. Maybe you're going to say, please don't give us so much backing. <laughs> Mr. President, please, we don't need that much backing. Oh, God. These poor government employees are going to be forced to laugh at his stupid jokes for four years at least. Unless he gets impeached, which I think is a strong possibility. Anyway. Mr. President, please, we don't need that much Please, backing. stop backing us. But you're going to have that, and I think everybody in this room knows it. You know, uh, the military and the law enforcement, generally speaking, but all of it, but the military uh, gave us tremendous percentages of votes. We were unbelievably successful in the election with getting the vote of the military. And probably almost everybody in this room voted for me, but I will not ask you to raise your hands if you did. <laughs> but I would guarantee a big portion. Really? Guaranteed? A big portion of you people voted for me? How does he know that? But I would guarantee a big portion. 
Guaranteed. We're all on the same wavelength, folks. We're all on the same wavelength. What does that mean? What does that mean? We're all on the same wavelength. We're all on the same wavelength. Okay, these people are all pretty much are spies, really. I mean, they deal in clandestine operations. Nobody knows what the hell they do, really, until years later when it's declassified. So what wavelength is, does he share with them? Is he is he an asset? Is he a CIA asset? Is that what he's kind of is that what he's saying? I don't get it. They're on the same wavelength though. Because we're all on the same wavelength, folks. We're all on the same wavelength. Right? Who knows? Took Brian about uh, 30 seconds to figure that one out, right? Because we know we're on the same wavelength. Who the fuck is Brian? It took Brian 30 seconds to figure that out. I heard this a couple days ago, and I'm still trying to figure out what the hell he means by that. But apparently Brian knows. We're going to do great things. We're going to do great things. We've been fighting these wars for longer than any wars we've ever fought. We have not used the real abilities that we have. We've been. What are you talking about, dude? We have not used the real abilities that we have. What do you mean? Are you talking about like nukes? I can't think of what abilities we have at our disposal that we haven't used other than nuclear bombs. We've been restrained. We have to get rid of ISIS. We have to get rid of ISIS. Yes. We have no choice. Must get rid of ISIS. Duh. Radical Islamic terrorism. And I said it yesterday. Oh, and you know he's scoring points right there because uh, what wasn't it, Obama, who who could never say radical uh, terror Islam or whatever? Radical Islamic terrorism. I'm sorry, radical Islamic terrorism. Thank you, Donald. Pandering. And I said it yesterday. It has to be eradicated. It's all about yesterday. I won, remember? Off the face of the earth. This is evil. This is evil. There can be wars between countries. There can be wars. You can understand what happened. This is something nobody can even understand. This is a level of evil that we have. Yeah, seen. yeah, I get it. Terrorism, and bad. ISIS, bad. To to it and you're CIA, going to good. Do a phenomenal job. But we're phenomenal. End it. It's time. It's time right now to end it. Okay, so what's he saying there? Like, I'm trying to read between the lines here. Because we know that that, uh, the CIA formed Al-Qaeda, essentially, right? So what he's saying is basically, look, we all know that the Mujahideen, who we supported against Russia during the Cold War in Afghanistan, that group that we supported eventually came back to bite us. So the CIA creation took on a life of its own and is now an enemy. So what he's saying is, look, I know you guys started this Al-Qaeda shit, and I get it. It was, it was well-intended and everything, but look, it's got to stop, all right? It's done. Over. No more Al-Qaeda. No more ISIS. No more, no more Islamic terror. It's got to go. I'm sorry. But we're going to end it. It's time. It's time right now to end it. You have somebody coming on 
who is extraordinary. Yeah. You know, um, for amazing. the different positions amazing. of secretary of this and secretary of that and all of these great positions, I'd see five, six, seven, eight people. And we had a great transition. We had an amazing team of talent. And by the way, General Flynn is right over here. Put up your hand, Mike. What a good guy. General Flynn over here, who's uh, possibly more batshit crazy than me. General Flynn, right over there. Yeah, stand up. Yeah, that guy right there. Yeah, you think I'm crazy? Talk to that guy later, okay? Not now, though. After, yeah, after we're done here. It's all about me now. And Reince and my whole group. Reince, you know, you know they don't care about Reince. He's a Nobody cares about Reince. guy that turned out to be a superstar, right? We don't have to talk about Reince. But we did. We had just such a tremendous, tremendous success. Tremendous. So when I'm interviewing all of these candidates that Reince and his whole group is putting in front, it went very, very quickly. And in this case, went so quickly because okay he okay i'm sorry he's right here he's talking he's referring to his uh his nominee mike pompeo like i said in in the introduction this event was set up originally to introduce the new cia director mike pompeo and so he's kind of trying to uh, make up for that by talking about him with the CIA as if, I don't know, as if he's like trying to pitch his guy to the CIA and, and, and reassure them that he's a good guy. You're going to love him. He's, he's, he's fantastic. He's tremendous. He's amazing. He's huge. Tremendous. Success. Tremendous. So tremendous. I would see six or seven or eight for secretary of agriculture who we just named the other day, Sonny Perdue, governor, former governor of Georgia. Fantastic guy. But I'd see six, seven, eight people for a certain position. Everybody wanted it. But I met Mike Pompeo, and it was the only guy I met. I didn't want to meet anybody else. I said, cancel everybody else. Cancel. Now, he was approved, essentially, but they're doing little political games with me. You know, he was one of the three. Now, let- Okay, so they're playing little political games with him. They probably are. But, but why say that? I don't know. He's Trump. He says whatever the fuck he wants. Now, last night, as you know, General Mattis, fantastic Mad guy, dog. And General Kelly got approved. Yeah. And Mike Pompeo was supposed to be in that group. It was going to be the mm-hmm. three of them. Can you yeah. imagine all of these guys? They, people respect, you know, they respect that military sense. All my political people, they're not doing so well. The political people aren't doing so well, but you. We're going to get them all through, but some will take a little bit longer than others. But Mike was literally, I had a a group of, what, we have nine different people? Now, I must say, I didn't mind canceling eight appointments. That wasn't the worst thing in the world. But I met him, and I said, he is so good. Number one in his class at West Point. Now, Mm -hmm. I know a lot about West Point. Oh, yeah. Nobody knows more about West Point than Donald J. Trump. He didn't actually go there or anything, but he was at the the Army-Navy football game a couple weeks back so he's been there he knows what's up and to be one year it's i'm a person that very strongly believes in academics in fact every time i say i had an uncle who was a great professor at mit for 35 years who did a fantastic job what are so you talking about ways. dude Acad- what, what 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 the fuck does academics have to do with anything dude we don't care about your uncle or whatever 
who did a fantastic job in so many different ways academically. He was an academic genius. And then they say, there's Donald Trump, an intellectual. Trust me, I'm like a smart person. And Trust me, I'm like a smart person. Really? You're like a smart person? You're not an actual smart person, but you're kind of like one? I'm telling you, man, two realities, two realities. There's reality, reality, and then there's Trump reality. I recognized immediately. So he was number one at West Point, and he was also essentially number one at Harvard Law School. Mm-hmm. And then he decided to go into the military, and he ran for Congress. And everything he's done has been a home run. People like him, but much more importantly to me, everybody respects him. Everybody. He knows. Donald Trump knows. And when I told Paul Ryan that I want to do this, I would say he may be the only person that was not totally thrilled. Right, Mike? Because he said, I don't want to lose this guy. Mike? He must be talking to Mike Flynn. So it it sounds like Paul Ryan was the voice of reason saying, look, Donald, this was meant to be an event where you introduce your new CIA director. And guess what? You don't have your CIA director yet. So might want to consider canceling this and rescheduling because, I mean, what the fuck are you going to talk about? What are you going to do? And then you got Mike Flynn over there. No, dude, you totally got to go. You totally got to go. You got to do it. But you will be getting a total star. You're going to be getting a total gem. This is a gem. And total gem. Tremendous. I just. You'll see. Oh, you'll, you'll see. see. You'll and many see. of you know him anyway. Oh, you, you know him. You know, you, come on. You know him. Everybody knows him. You'll see. And again, we have some great people going in, but this one is something going to be very special because. It's going to be very special. This is one, if I had to name the most important, this would certainly be perhaps, you know, in certain ways you could say my most important. Oh, yeah. You do the job like everybody in this room is capable of doing. There can be, and the generals are wonderful, and the fighting is wonderful. Everybody's but wonderful. You, Wait, what, huh? The fighting's wonderful? Who says that? The fighting is wonderful. Fighting isn't wonderful. Fighting is like a necessary evil. It's not a wonderful thing to go out and kill people. I'm telling you, man, this guy needs to be on script. You don't walk into the CIA and just wing a speech. You know, he's treating this like a fucking rally. The audience is treating it like a rally. It, it sounds like a rally. Boy, does the fighting become easier. And boy, do we lose so fewer lives and win so quickly. Win so quickly? He, he's just talking in generalities. Give us an example, dude. You're preaching to the choir and you're telling them, hey, we're on the same wavelength. I'm just like you guys. I know all about West Point. I'm, you know, the, the fighting's wonderful. I know everything. We'll, we'll cite an example, dude. And that's what we have to do. We have to start winning again. You know, when I was young and when I was, of course, I feel young. I feel like I'm 30, 35, 39. Do I hear 40? Again, two realities. Actual reality, he's 70 years old. The oldest person to ever 
take the office of president of the United States of America. Trump reality, he's like 35 years old, 39 years old, tops. You know, I was stopping uh, when we were in the final month of that campaign, four stops, five stops, seven stops, speeches, speeches in front of 25, 30,000 people, 15,000, 19,000 from stop to stop. I feel young. But when I was young, and I think we're all sort of young, when I was young, we were always winning things in this country. Like what? Like what? Cite an example. What did we win while you were young? We'd win with trade. Uh-huh. We'd win with wars. Uh-huh. At a certain age, I remember hearing from one of my instructors, the United States has never lost a war. Uh-huh. And then after Undefeated. That, it's like, we haven't won anything. We don't win anymore. What are you talking about? Are we on a losing streak? What have we lost lately? Uh, hello? The Iraq War? I seem to recall George W. Bush in front of a big banner that said mission accomplished. We defeated and removed Saddam Hussein. I count that as a win. The old expression, to the victor belong the spoils. You remember I always used to say, keep the oil. I wasn't a fan of Iraq. I didn't want to go into Iraq. But I will tell you, when we were in, we got out wrong. And I always said, in addition to that, keep the oil. Now, I said it for economic reasons. Okay, so that was a quote that pissed off some people talking about taking Iraq's oil. Apparently, that's a war crime. And I remember at the time, that was the rumor. We were going into Iraq just to steal their oil. But apparently, we didn't. But we should have, according to the Donald. I'm sorry, President Trump. I will tell you, when we were in, we got out wrong. That's what she said. (laughs) But if you think about it, Mike, if we kept the oil, you probably wouldn't have ISIS. Right, Mike? He keeps talking to Mike. Right, Mike? You got my back on this, right, Mike? Anyway. But if you think about it, Mike, if we kept the oil, you probably wouldn't have ISIS because that's where they made their money in the first place. So we should have kept the oil. But okay. (laughs) Maybe you'll have another chance. Oh, really? We might have another chance? Okay, so first you said you were against invading Iraq, and now you're suggesting that, hey, maybe we'll have another chance. Who knows? Hey, hey, oh, oh, hey. But the fact is, should have kept the oil. Should have kept the oil. I believe that this group is going to be one of the most important groups in this country toward making us safe, toward... Wait, he's this group. He just transitioned from talking about ISIS to, I think, talking about the CIA, and, and, and I think he, he means this group as in this grouping of people here in, in the room. I don't know. This group is going to be one of the most important groups in this country toward making us safe, toward making us winners again. What I'm basically saying is we're a bunch of losers right now. All of you guys, you're all losers toward ending all of the problems. We have so many problems that are interrelated that we don't even think of. Interrelated problems. To the kind of havoc and fear that this sick group of people has caused. So I can only say that I am with you a thousand percent. That's a lot. A thousand percent? He does feel strongly. And the reason you're my first stop is that, as you know, I have a running war with the media. They are among the most dishonest human beings on earth. 
and they're in the room right now. Let's t- there they are right there. There's CNN, there's the New York Times, there's the Washington Post, all these people. So you guys are losers, and these guys over here in the media, they're a bunch of liars, okay? Well, you know what? The joke's on fucking Trump. The CIA has their own relationship with media. I don't know about within the United States, but definitely overseas, the CIA are notorious for using journalists for intelligence and in some cases, disseminating straight up Western propaganda. So I think the CIA knows a little bit about the media and how it can uh, deceive. As you know, I have a running war with the media. They are among the most dishonest human beings on earth. (laughs) They're clapping. These people are clapping at the dishonest media. This is the CIA. You know what? We should think about who is clapping exactly. Because those could be his staffers. And they sort of made it sound like I had a feud with the intelligence community. And I just want to let you know, the reason you're number one stop, uh, it is exactly the opposite. The reason you're the number one stop is exactly because I'm scared shitless of what kind of intelligence you have on me. And I just want to let you know, hey, what they're saying in the media, totally untrue. All those quotes of mine that they broadcast on their networks totally fake all right i love you guys i'm in love with the c i could nobody feels stronger about you than i do don't believe the media please whatever you do just don't they lie come on it's fake it's all fake and i was explaining about the numbers we did a we did a thing yesterday the speech did everybody like the speech you did you guys say we did a thing yesterday with the, with the speech did you did you guys check that out yeah, this inauguration thing. We had a little. We had a little thing with a speech. You guys check it out. It was pretty good. Yeah, I was great. Did everybody like the speech? You had a lot. So I've been given good news, but but we had a massive field of people. You saw that. Massive. I, I get up this morning. I turn on one of the networks, and they show an empty field. I said, "Wait a minute. I made a speech. I looked out. The field was." It looked like a million, a million and a half people. They showed a field where there were practically nobody standing there. Yeah, that was in the back, so far back that you couldn't see it. I saw a picture from your vantage point, bro. And they said, Donald Trump did not draw well. I said, it was almost raining. The rain should have scared him away, but God looked down and he said, we're not going to let it rain on your speech. In fact, I, when I first started, I said, oh, no. First line, I hit, got hit by a couple of drops. And I said, oh, this is, this is too bad, but we'll go right through it. Yeah, yeah, God decided we're not going to let it rain on your speech. Which is interesting because while he was actually giving that speech, I was on Twitter and some uh, Christian person on there tweeted that it's a sign of God's approval if it rains And it was like, just as he got up to the podium, a few drops fell from the sky. It sprinkled a little bit for a second. And it's almost as if God ordained him. But no, his version is he knows what God's doing all the time. All right. 
In fact, I don't, for all I know, Donald Trump is God. Okay. I don't think anybody other than God could have gotten away with the campaign that he ran and win. God looked down and he said, we're not going to let it rain on your speech. That's right. God said, no way. Not on my watch. But the truth is that it stopped immediately. It was amazing. And then it became... Uh, it was like a miracle. came really suddenly. Then I walked off and it poured right after I left. It poured. But, you know... Oh, yeah. So God decided to stop the rain, basically, so I could do my speech. Because, you know, it started to rain and then God decided, you know what... You know what, Donald? I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not going to do this to you. All right, I'm going to wait for you. I'm going to let, I'm going to let, I'm going to let you finish, and then I'm going to raid on this fucking parade. Okay? That's what he's saying. So he's, he, he's pretty much God's looking out for him. God has to be looking out for this guy. Like seriously, how the fuck did he become president? It's unreal. Came really suddenly. Then I walked off, and it poured right after I left. It poured, but you know. Apparently, that's a lie too. There was no downpour from what I heard. I wasn't there, though. I don't know. I'm going off of what people say on the Internet. But, you know, we have something that's amazing because we had it looked honestly it looked like a million and a half people, whatever it was, it was. But it went all the way back to the Washington Monument. And I turned on. No, it didn't, dude. Mistake. I get this network. Yeah. By mistake, you were on CNN. Just like you mistakenly watch Saturday Night Live every single week to see how they portray you. You are obsessed with yourself, bro. But could you get over yourself? Seriously, dude, you're like the president now. We caught them, and we caught mm-hmm. them in a beauty. And I think they're going to pay a you big caught price. Them. We had another one yesterday, which was interesting. In the Oval Office, there's a beautiful statue mm-hmm. of Dr. Martin Luther King. And I also happen to like Churchill, Winston Churchill. I think most of us like Churchill. Doesn't come from our country, but had a lot to do with it. Helped us, real ally. And as you know, Churchill's statue was taken out, the bust. And as you also probably have read, the prime minister is coming over to our country very shortly. And... They wanted to know whether or not I'd like it back. I'd say absolutely. But in the meantime, we have a bust of Churchill. So a reporter. Remember, folks, he's addressing the CIA. What the fuck is he doing talking about this crap? I mean, I I think what he's trying to do is illustrate how the media is biased and um, misinforming people about stuff. Because he, he, he's trying, I, th- I think he's, you know, it's, it's obvious that he's trying to connect with these, with the, with the CIA. He's just a bumbling idiot and he can't help it. As you also probably have read the prime minister. Okay. So the bust of Churchill thing. Yeah. That's nice to put out there for, um, Theresa May, the prime minister of uh, the UK when she comes out here, um, Apparently, he didn't actually remove Dr. King's uh, bust from the room. He just moved it to another part of the room, I think, and put the Churchill statue where the uh, Martin Luther King statue was. Notice he said returned it because before Obama was there, 
that bust of Churchill, Winston Churchill, was at that spot, and he wanted to return it there. It had been put there originally by George W. Bush, so he's returning it there. To me, I think it's kind of odd to have anything on display uh, in the White House that's representative of another nation. I just think that's weird, but whatever. George Bush had it in there. He wants to put it back there. He's like buddy buddy with all the Brexit UK people. So so what? So what? He's he he wanted to return it, and um, somebody you know so, so, more fake news, folks. More fake news. A reporter, yeah, apparently didn't know what was going on, and thought he had he had um, totally gotten rid of the MLK statue. So a reporter for Time Magazine, and I had been on their cover like. 14 or 15 times. I think we have the all-time record in the history of Time Magazine. Of course you do. Like if Tom Brady's on the cover, it's one time because he won the Super Bowl or something, right? So basically you're saying you're, what, 15 times more awesome than Tom Brady? I don't think that's a record, Mike, that can never be broken. Do you agree with that? Mike. What do you think? Mike, Mike, back me up here, Mike. Everyone, Mike Flynn. The only, again, the only guy in the room that's more batshit crazy than me. Back me up here, Mike. Yeah, he knows. See? Same wavelength. But I will say that um, they said it was very interesting that Donald Trump took down the bust, the statue of Dr. Martin Luther King. And it was right there. But there was a cameraman that was in front of it. So Zeke, Zeke from Time Magazine. All right, here he goes, calling out Zeke. I took down. I would never do that because I had great respect for Dr. Martin Luther King. But this is how dishonest the media is. Mm -hmm. Now, big story. The retraction was like where? Was it a line or do they even bother putting it in? So I only like to say that because... He retracted. He retracted. And he even uh, apologized on Twitter. You know, he fucked up. Trump's got him on that one. Trump got the media on that one, for sure. So I only like to say that because I love honesty. I like honest reporting. I will tell you, final time, although I will say it when you let in your thousands of other people that have been trying to come in, uh, because I am coming back, we may have to get you a larger room. Mm -hmm. We may have to get you a larger room. You know? He's going to get us a bigger room. Yay! A bigger room. Are you kidding me? That's got to be his staff. No CIA people are, are are clapping about that crap. Are these people drunk? Was there like a was there a mixer before this? And maybe maybe it'll be built by somebody that knows how to build and we won't have columns. Do you understand that? I don't get it. Uh what's wrong with columns? Is that like passe? What's wrong with columns? Columns are cool. Look at the Lincoln Memorial. Columns. There's columns everywhere in Washington. That's just a thing. In fact, if you've ever been to Washington, D.C., the buildings are actually kind of cool. Say what you will about the people that occupy these buildings and what they do, but the structures themselves, a lot of them are pretty fucking cool. The, The reaction to the columns thing got some cheers but if you notice, you can tell that the people that are applauding are really far back in the room. Because when he comes in, 
everybody's cheering, and you can tell. But when he gets these little applause lines and stuff, it sounds like there's more like little isolated patches of people who are cheering. I'm just going to go out on a limb here and say those are Trump staffers who are just there to pump him up. Hear those people way back there. We get rid of the columns. But no, I just wanted to really say Like the CIA cares about the columns. I love you. I respect you. What? Wait, what? I love you? Okay, this is the agency that allegedly had evidence that directly linked the Trump campaign to the Kremlin. And now he's saying, I love you. I'm reading between the lines here. But he's probably sucking up to them because he's afraid of what intelligence they have on him. So so he goes with, I, I love you guys. I fucking love you guys. There's nobody that loves the CIA more than Donald Trump. I feel so strongly about you. I love you. I respect you. There's nobody I respect more. How many times has he said there's nobody I respect more just in the last year? That's a line I've definitely heard before. He tells that to whoever he's in front of. You know what? There's nobody I respect more than the insane clown posse. Okay? You guys are fantastic. Tremendous. The paint on the face, the clown thing, the the whole juggalo following. Tremendous. Amazing. I have more respect for you than anyone. No one loves the insane clown posse more than Donald J. Trump. There's nobody I respect more. You're going to do a fantastic job, and we're going to start winning again, and you're going to be leading the charge. You guys are going to stop being losers and start winning. Trust me. You guys used to suck. Now you're going to be awesome because of me. So thank you all very much. Thank you, beautiful. Thank you all very much. Had a good time. I'll be back. I'll be back. I'll be back. He's like the fucking Terminator. I'll be back. Thank you. All right. So there it is. That was the whole speech. That's what everybody's freaking out about. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Vince in the Bay podcast. You can check out prior episodes on my bloggy blog at vinceinthebay.com. Also, you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and Google Play. Until next time, ciao.